Welcome to Wine Not, a podcast by SA Winos for our monthly wine club members. It's again Pinotage month in the wine club, so we'll be discovering the uniquely South African wine style. We're highlighting four wines from two distinct regions of South Africa. And on this episode, we are going to be exploring the Van Luefren African Java Pinotage. To guide us through this episode, as well as all of our other episodes, is our co-host, Francois. Francois, how ready are you for tonight's wine? Brian, I think when we, when we started this business, right, what's almost a year ago now, one of the most exciting things that we get to do is share Pinotages with Americans. Because Pinotage, as we've stated before, uniquely South African grape. But also, it's one of the most polarizing grapes you can put in front of someone. Um, it used to be, used to be. Let me let me pull back a little bit. It used to be one of the most polarizing grapes, um, and some of the criticism was fair. Um, a lot of it really came from reviews that happened early on in the '70s when Pinotage was first starting to kind of make it outside of South Africa, and. Um, a lot of those reviews were unfair. They were biased. They were written by journalists who didn't enjoy South African wine country or had a vested interest in not seeing it succeed. So they left really bad reviews about it. Rusty nails, terrible nose, you know, smells like cough syrup, et cetera. And Pinotage didn't take off internationally. And for us, we didn't care. We bought it. Pinotage, it's the Bry wine. We take it. Um, but it also made, I think, a lot of the winemakers perfect winemaking with Pinotage because it is a very difficult grape to make good wine out of. You can very easily make bad wine with Pinotage. Um, so some of the characteristics that you're always looking for in a Pinotage is some sort of a fruit nose. Um, it's never going to be like a cab fruit, right? You're never going to get that extreme fruit forward. But you should smell some darker berries. There's always some, you know, stone fruit in there in some capacity. And then, quite frankly, and, and Brian, you're much better at the nose stuff than I am, but leather and cigar, to me, are always in there. Like, in, in, in a red. You're not going to, obviously, the rosé we reviewed, do not look for those things. They're not there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for, for the reds that are deeper, that's kind of what you're looking for. And And... When it comes to Pinotage, I mean, you're talking about a grape that just about every vineyard in South Africa has to grow, um, not necessarily by choice. Some some people just won't go to a vineyard unless they don't have a Pinotage, you know? So um, a lot of them grow it just because they have to make some good wine, but they have to make some wine out of it. And then we have some people that make really good wine out of it. And Van Leeuwen Estate is one of those. Um, we've obviously given you guys a good rundown on the estate, but what's unique about this Pinotage um, is I'm not I'm not, I'm not actually going to say that. Let's get to the tasting, okay? And then I want to see if you guys can tell me how you think they get the flavor that this Pinotage produces because it is very different than any of the Pinotages we're going to have tonight. Um, it's also going to be very different than Pinotages you've had in, in past. And I will say what they are trying to do is because South Africans wine, South, South African winemaking standards are so strict, 
we don't allow additives and we don't allow, you know, post uh, fermentation acidity adjustments and flavor and color and all this stuff um, that you get from your uh, California wines in general. Like it's rampant. Anything under $30 from California is most likely that. Um, so they, they are trying to compete because they're in a similar price bracket, right? I think this is a $14 bottle or something. Um, they're trying to compete with wines that are similar, that are selling. And it happens to be that one of those wines is uh, your wife's, one of her favorites. So um, we all know how Apothic Red gets their flavors and how their barrel-aged series gets its flavors. So think along that that line right but now you got to think they can't add anything they can't use bourbon barrels they can't do any of that stuff so how do you get this wine to taste somewhat barreled somewhat bourboned but none of that happened ooh, ooh pick me now um sure. so right away off the nose this smells like it i mean i'm getting no berries in here this smells no. like oh, it's, a, it is. It is subtly in there, well, but I'm, it's I'm super talking, under the smoke. I, I'm talking first, first, first yeah. experience here. No doubt. Uh, no, no berries. What I am smelling is like American charred oak, uh, like and mm -hmm. for that's used in American whiskeys or specifically bourbon. Um, so fresh charred, un like there's nothing been on this wood. It just smells like fresh charred oak, with maybe. Like so much so that there's like a sawdust, like you know when you fr you you first cut a, a nice, you know, uh, pine two by four with a circular saw, mm -hmm. and you get that nice. Maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't move it fast enough, and you got a little burn on the edge of the on the edge of the two by four with the saw blade. Yeah, that is so all that I'm smelling in here, and I am excited. I still haven't tasted it because Francois told me before we started recording, don't taste it yet. So that's okay. The ladies didn't listen. No. Um. So you nailed it. So it is a lightly charred, it's French oak, but lightly charred French oak barrel. Um, but it goes to show you, and I, I think this is a this is a lesson to anybody out there who is part of the wine club and you know kind of misses. I don't, you know, I know people like Apothic Red. I don't like Apothic Red, but I know people like it, and I know why people buy it. Right? It's the, it's an interesting flavor in wine and whatnot. Um. What I can promise you is if if it if it's supposed to be done with wine, it can be done naturally. naturally. It doesn't have to happen with, you know, the flavor additives and the artificial smoke and all the stuff that they do to Apothic Red and adding sugar and all that stuff. Like this is a hundred percent organic made wine that tastes just every bit as interesting as, you know, a barrel aged uh, whatever. Can I say something as an apothic drinker? Sure. Because immediately when you started describing... Trigger warning over here. <laughs> no. Immediately when you started describing the California wines, apothic is exactly what I thought of. I would say in comparison, this is like the same thing, but authentic. So with this, you, you really... It doesn't taste fake is the best way I can describe it. It yeah. is that pure, and it's like, it's everything I like in those apothic wines, but high class. 
and yep. I like that a lot. And it's it's not going to give you a mad headache the next day. You don't have so I think people what people don't understand, and I I I harp on Apothic because it's the one everybody knows. Don't get me wrong, Apothic is fourteen hands is another one. The prisoner one is another one. Like all this stuff, right? All this stuff is, in my opinion, not wine. They're wine cocktails. They take regional grape pressed juice, combine it in a massive, what essentially amounts to a refinery, get a bunch of scientists in there, and repeat the exact same pH, the exact same da 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 da, da. <clears throat> Sorry, sorry. Flavorologist, I think, is their actual yeah, title. Okay, there you go. But they, they just they try to, you know, they, they have this one spec sheet, and everything has to match that spec sheet. That's why when you go buy 14 hands, or you go buy Miomi or any of these things that are not cheap, right? They never taste different. That if, if a wine never tastes different or you never get a bad bottle, you should probably not buy that wine. Wine is, it is, the beauty of it is its inconsistency. And when someone does it so well, so correctly right you'll still find like we probably once a month you know get someone that says hey i got a bad bottle and then we just give him a new one because that is wine that is what wine is um wine is and- is any fermented beverage uh is I, I use this all the time when i'm doing education classes for beer um any fermented beverage in this case is a living work of art yeah just like any other work of art it can change based on the scenario and the situation that you're viewing it or experiencing that art in. And just like other forms of art, if you don't take care of it, if it's not properly maintained um, either by the artist or by the curator at the museum, um, it can leave a bad experience for you. But uh, the, the key is, uh, you know, going to good good stewards of the product like SA Winos, who take care, do everything they can to make sure that you have the best wine experience. Um, and that includes gift you a new bottle if you have if you have a bad experience because likelihood of that next bottle being a good positive experience and being a good representation of the beverage is much much higher 100 um, percent. and and I, 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 it goes without saying right we are trying to present interesting wines to our wine club members mm-hmm. and i think it, when when we tasted this wine years ago um it was a fantastic wine, but it was a little too sweet. They had picked the grapes a little bit too uh, too late, so the residual sugar was a little too high. And apparently they had gotten that feedback quite consistently. This is the best version of this wine they've ever released. It's the 2021. Um, we have plenty of it in stock, so feel free to order online. You know, stop by the warehouse. But if you if you enjoy wines that are trying things right this is a single varietal that spent a little bit of time in charred uh, uh, french oak this is a wine to try i would 100 percent recommend trying it so we we skipped everybody's tasting so let's go back well Avery, i was gonna say we, we went over we went over the aromas and the experience we but we did not do tasting those. we did not do tasting so we need to get through the tasting and then uh, let everybody have their say here. So, Christina, what do you think of this one? So, I think I have a good a good description. Okay, bear with me. 
What are those red cupcakes? Red velvet. Red velvet. Red, red velvet. Oh my word. This to me, I'm not even kidding. You know, like the red velvet cupcakes have a little chocolatey, almost like a woody adventure. Okay. Through them, and then they're always topped with a little like, if they're good, cream cheese vanilla <laughs> topping. Okay. That is what the swine is like to me. It's like that. And I will have this. I don't really like barbecue, but I will have this with a braai or any other form of meat. Um, yeah. But this... I bet that if you were to like barbecue, it would be a great barbecue one. It's it, it, because of the smokiness. Because of the smokiness and the red velvet cupcake. Honestly, it'd probably be good with the red velvet cupcake. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It is so, it's awesome. It's a, it's a great wine. And just as far as um, the... Oh, I just was going to say something. It's okay. Avery, what do you think? I think this wine is fantastic. Like I said, you can definitely taste the difference between this and like manufactured wines. And it just is, this is the perfect, um, the the way I always put it is this is the perfect Christmas wine. If I was going to bring something to my family for the holidays that we were all going to sit around the fire and drink, this is it. And it's just fantastic. And if you, if you, this is actually what I was going to say. Thank you. Um, (laughs) A sweet wine drinker will like this wine. Yep. Um, It is incredible how many people we get in that are like, man, I only like sweet wines. And it's like, well, maybe you just don't like tannin. And this wine has so few tannins because it spent that time in what essentially is charcoal. You know, it got, all of that filtered out through the, I think it's 30 or 60 days. I can't remember exactly the time period, but um, it spends a little bit of time in there and that does change, you know, your, your acidity of the wine. And in this case, it really helps it out. So yeah. Ryan, what do you think? So I, the first thing after, after smelling it, I, I treated myself for getting how the, how the flavor, how the aromas came out of this wine, treated myself with a nice, nice sip. And initial thought was, Oh, this is very, very sweet. And then I realized a couple of things, like take a second to process what I'm tasting. And I realized that it, I think it almost has to be this sweet to offset the big, big flavors and big aromas that you have in this wine. The wine is 13 and percent alcohol by volume. That is a, mm-hmm. that's a hefty, a hefty alcohol content to offset. And, uh, like while it is sweet on the tongue, um, it doesn't, it's not sticky sweet. doesn't hang around for very long. Um, that's thanks to the 13% alcohol. Um, but it, it, it doesn't, it, it, like I am having no trouble drinking this, this wine. Uh, and I can easily see how, uh, somebody who is either a mixed drink drinker, you know, somebody who drinks like cocktails or enjoys, uh, neat bourbon would easily enjoy this wine. Something that is sweeter, a little bit higher in alcohol, um, something that you're going to sip on. You're not going to have a whole bottle by yourself. Probably it's going to be like an aperitif. Um, cause I see this competing with a lot of like food flavors that I normally cook with. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the listings that are on here, the Osobuco, the lamb curry. Oh my gosh. I oh, could yeah, see no, this with being the curry, huge this would with be curry. Mad. Yeah. Just so good offsetting those big spice flavors that you get. Yeah. Um, this is so unique. Francois, this is this is a, a good wine experience here. I'm glad you all enjoyed it. So um, I think for 
November, we had this wine in the wine club. Um, and we've had a lot of members join since. So as I stated on the last cast, the reason we're going through the Pinotages, they're very, very close to most South Africans. We get asked about them a lot, um, being that we currently specialize in the South African wines. Um, and of the Pinotages, this one is probably the most unique one we carry. So we'll try to find more. We have a lot of single varietals. There's a lot of people who pick them at different residual sugar levels. They grow them in different soils. All makes differences. So the next two are pure single varietal Pinotages. Nothing funky with them. Um, and yeah, I'll be interested to see how everybody feels about those. But this one is by far the most unique Pinotage we have. Um, and by f definitely one of the most unique wines we have as well. Well, if any of the listeners have questions about uh, how to get more of this wine or any of the other wines in the wine club, Francois, what can you tell them is a good resource for them to check out? Sure. So uh, hop on sawinos.com if you're looking to order additional wines. Be sure to use your wine club code uh, so you get your 10% discount. Also, stop by our South Austin warehouse. Um, if you do stop by, uh, we will be happy to present any of these wines, including the new wines that showed up on Friday that you'll be seeing released at the June Wine Club party. Um, and <clears throat> best way to find out about events for SA Winos, uh, if you do social media, Instagram and Facebook, that's where I regularly post our events and you know make sure that people know they're happening and when they're happening. Uh, newest event is going to be the 25th of June. We're going to have our wine club party. Time is currently TBD, so stay tuned for that. Uh, it's going to depend on the weather. So we might push it to like a 4 p.m., 8 p.m., you know, time window instead of the regular 1 to 5. But we will have a braai. We'll have food out there, live music. Um, if you can't make that, stop by the warehouse, like I said, any given time. Uh, sign up for the newsletter on sawinos.com as well if you don't have social media. The newsletter is going to be your friend. I send reminders. If you're into Budavos, you can order Budavos from the newsletter. It's kind of the, you know, the upside down. What is um, <laughs> what is Budavos? Oh, Budavos is South African sausage. Uh, Good to know. That we are, we are working with a butcher. It, it will soon be, um, you know, not a, a side artisan project uh, for me and dad, but uh, we'll be using a, a local butcher to make it for us. Uh, and we'll be able to ship to our wine club members around the country. Um, so that'll that'll be here probably in the next 60 days or so. Uh, but sign up for the newsletter is the real statement. You'll be able to find out when you get to order that. Um, and yeah, it's it's a South African sausage that honestly people travel miles to come eat. So, <laughs> But yeah, um, all right. So we've got two wines left in this month's wine club. Got the Niels Joubert Pinotage, the Rhino Run Pinotage. Um, like I said, both of those, be sure. The ones previous, you didn't need to open. These two, keep them open for a little bit. Um, they're a little bit on the harsher side, right, initially when you open them. Um, and yeah, join us on the next one. <laughs>